0: Okay. In fact, you know, what I was gonna do, Tom, since you're a preacher and everything, <laughs> I was gonna have you teach this lesson. Because <laughs> uh-huh.
1: uh-huh. I get uh-huh. real
0: embarrassed uh-huh. about this subject, okay. and I have a real hard time talking about this in mixed groups. <laughs> oh, well, we're grown-ups. Yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, oh. I remember a time <clears throat> when uh, you didn't talk about anything that dealt with sex. Uh, my family was kind of that way. Uh, you, it was just hush hush. And uh, I remember the first time that my stepfather talked to me about the birds and the bees. And it consisted of something like, if there's anything you want to know, just let me know. Okay, <laughs> and that was it, you know? <laughs> And so our society has always been kind of that way, even though I was raised in the 60s and the 70s, and the sexual revolution that was going on, and uh, you know, make love, not war, peace, and all of that stuff, and Woodstock. Uh, Isn't it interesting that when you study history, and for those of us who may have lived through that time, some things are glorified that you would say, what? Like Woodstock. Oh, it was such a great gathering. Uh, yeah, a great gathering of drugs and sex and everything under the sun like that. And yet, it will be promoted as such a peaceful, wonderful thing. I have a cousin that is about two years older than me and that's how she views Woodstock. And I viewed it as a disgrace. Uh, it's odd. I was talking to Carol this morning and I said, you know, it's a miracle by God, a true miracle, that the Gentile church survived. Really." Because when you read about Corinth and you study Corinth, <clears throat> you realize that was the Gentiles were really pagan, 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 immoral. Totally. And so here comes this Jewish person, and he's talking about morality that is totally. Foreign to them. <clears throat> and Paul must have really had some concerns about what was going on in the Gentile churches. I need to do something real quick. anybody else need any? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> And so, when, when we look <clears throat> at Corinth, it's amazing. But let's stop. Let's look at our society, OK? And there's uh, how many of you know about these? These are older shows. Um, how many friends? Okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah, friends is a show that sometimes gets racy, right? I don't know, I didn't watch it. <laughs> I was not allowed to watch Laugh In. <coughs> okay? When I was growing up. I was not allowed to watch a number of shows that were on TV. My my parents just said, no, you're not allowed to watch it. I said, okay. Uh, How about Veronica's Closet? Anybody know about that? I have no idea what that show is, but it was a series from the 2000s with uh, Christy Alley being a broadcast. Uh, Josh denies his homosexuality even though he constantly flirts with Kevin. The wedding coordinator for his wedding, Josh's fiance, also enamored with Kevin, faxes him a picture of herself in the nude. And that's what it was about. I never will forget Tom, you coming up to me. And we were in some class, I can't remember, it might have been morning Bible study or something. Tom says, I can't believe that they have a motion picture. And it's hard for me to even say the name. Knocked up. And I remember when that came out. Just recently that was on TV. I saw it being advertised. Uh, Wow. And now we can sit on our TVs and there's a commercial that catches me off guard every time I see it where two males kiss. And it's a commercial. And we are being told to accept this. And I'm just amazed at the things that we are told to accept that the Word of God says is not right, is wrong, is sin. Paul lived in a day where he was going into a culture, the Greek culture, that just was very immoral. And let's, let's take a look. Uh, in chapter five, we had we mentioned this last week. We are on uh, chapter four in the one called, I'm sorry, chapter three. Minus four, but it's entitled "Flee fornication." But in in First um, Corinthians chapter five, it says it is actually reported that there is immorality among you, and immorality of such a kindness does not exist even among the Gentiles. So what's that mean? It's really bad, right? That someone has his father's wife. Now, because of the way that's stated, that means a stepmother. And he says, And you have become arrogant and have not mourned instead in order that the one who has done this deed might be removed from your midst. For I on my part, though absent in body but present in spirit, have already judged him who has committed this as though I were present in the name of the Lord Jesus when you are assembled and I with you in spirit with power of our Lord Jesus. Now this was so severe that in verse 5 he says, I have decided to deliver such one to Satan for the destruction of his flesh that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus, I, that verse fascinates me. Paul says, "I want to save his soul, but he must, his flesh must be destroyed." He says, "Your boasting is not good. Do you not know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump of dough?" Now, for me, that verse never made much sense because I don't cook. How many of you cook? Okay. Just about everybody here except me. Tom, do you cook? Uh, very little. <laughs> yeah, very little for me. And so what happened there, when you put leaven in something, it affects everything. Sin affects everything, especially when it's tolerated. And this church now is bragging about this situation. Now, why would they brag about that? What kind of things do you think they would say?
1: I would imagine that living in Corinth they're probably saying something like, You know, once you come to Jesus, the the law has passed away, and we have freedom in Christ, and we can do whatever we want, and are forgiven, and, you know, so, you pagans out there that are doing this, just come over to Jesus, and you can do it, and not feel guilty about it. Yeah. Something to that effect.
0: You're forgiven. You accepted Jesus, you're forgiven. Right. So you can live any way you want.
1: It's just like an early form of indulgences. You know, you can do what you want, but it isn't the way Christ meant it to be. Sure, and it, and it took some doing by Paul to get people to realize you know, what he says later on in in uh, chapter six. You know, that your body isn't your own. Once your head goes under, when you're baptized, your,
0: your body's bought by a price. Yeah. And that is so true, isn't it? I mean, and Paul has started this church, and he's not there. And he gets word that this stuff's going on. And he's going to have to deal with it. Uh, There were all kinds of sexual problems and there is in our society too, people. We have all kinds of sexual problems in our society. Uh, I mean, just watch TV for a while. There's, There's all type of nudity, all type of transgender, characters live in sex is common. My little granddaughter was just playing and she says, Okay, now you marry us. This is our daughter. I said, You got that backwards. (laughs) (laughs) And she had no idea. She's just little and playing, but um, I thought, well, they're starting young. We better start young. (laughs) So And so I stood there and I said, Dearly beloved, we are gathered here in the sight of God, the face of this company, to join this man and this woman in holy matrimony. And we had a little ceremony and she was all excited. But it's, it's an interesting thing what is being bombarded into the minds of our grandchildren and our children. Those types of things that are being accepted. Uh, what is adultery? How would you define adultery?
1: Being, being unfaithful to your wife or husband. Okay. Between the trust of marriage.
0: It's sex outside of marriage by a married person. Is that right? How would you define homosexuality?
1: I guess it's going beyond friendship and having uh, relations by
0: the by another of the same sex. Okay, it might be two men, two women. Um, pedophilia. It's a sickness, like love of children, yeah. in a sexual way to love children in a sexual way. Do you know that they are working very hard to have that legalized? What? That there are those working very hard to have that legalized sex between a child and an adult? It's a child's
1: consenting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's an organization, I forget what it's called, NAMBA or something that promotes that kind of thing. It's a group
0: getting together to promote that. Mm. How did homosexuality ever become accepted in our society? You mean today or yeah. in the past? In today.
1: I think it's because of the celebrities that that are doing it. You know, you never heard. To, I never even heard about it until our, you get in Hollywood and. Rock Hudson was gay or something of that nature. So I don't think, I think it's pretty much hush-hush until Hollywood starts coming out with it and then people say, well, you know, these big movie stars must be, must be okay. The other big thing I think that brought it to the forefront was that people that had been living that lifestyle did so in private. But when it came to healthcare issues, they wanted their rights as a partner. And so then that's when they started going to bat for their legal rights. And once they went to bat for their legal rights, then it became, people started coming out more and
0: more to support that. How do you get that as a legal right? You deem that as a minority.
1: Um, Alternative lifestyle.
0: Yeah. If you can convince courts of that they are a minority and they have rights, then the laws begin to get changed. We gotta be careful of our court systems because if you follow that history of homosexuality and how it became legal, it was promoted by Hollywood, it was promoted by famous people, It was promoted then through uh, the media, and then it was promoted as a minority, and then they had rights, and so they were protected. Now, I don't believe in hurting, okay? I don't believe in violence. I, I, I worked in the music industry, and I know homosexuals, and I know lesbians, and you probably, and it's been even in my family, okay? And, and I know that. And I am not in favor of harming, okay? But I am in favor of speaking out when something is wrong. Uh, so how would you define Well, Mark, I think one thing we need
1: uh, to get straight to, um, let's just say people who are single, who are older, should be set in the category as being homosexual.
0: Yeah, if you're single and you're older or you never married, then right away you're a homosexual or you're a lesbian. People judge you. Sure. Uh, as an example, uh, I mentioned in prayer two people that I asked prayer for, and they are females, and they are not, and yet they've been accused of that. That's not fair. That's not right. Yep. So it's it's interesting that we deal with this kind of stuff. Uh, What about pornography? I mean, come on. I can do pornography in my house with just me. How's that hurt someone?
1: The Lord says something about even though you don't do it, but you do it up here, it's still sin. That's adultery too, in a way, because... Um,
0: you are um, you're you're not having normal marriage sexual relationship with your husband or your wife. Instead, you're online and you're
1: you know looking at other things, and it's actually
0: tearing up your marriage. And the person does not get it. Is is there such a thing as being unfaithful emotionally? Sure. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. yeah Jerry and I mostly, we had to deal with that. Yeah, you can be unfaithful emotionally, and once you get those pictures in your mind, try to get them out. They scar you. They become an addiction. And and the point is, we miss all of that because we think, well, that's just between the pornography and me. No, it affects you. It really does. Uh, Here's another type of of, of sexual thing, which is bestiality. Do, Do you know what that is? Sex with an animal? Yep. There's a group pushing that also. There is a group pushing that. Uh, The Bible has a term, it has a term for all of these collectively. What is that term? Fornication. Fornication. Now, when when I was young and I was growing up, that was a King James word. Nobody knew what it meant. And nobody was about to explain it, OK? Because you didn't talk about those things, um, unless you were part of the love group or, or whatever. But churches very, didn't talk about those things. I remember, as a youth minister, Uh, having to separate girls from boys, and then having to have a uh, permission slip from the parents that we could talk about those things. Uh, I mean, that's how far we have slid. But uh, fornication is a word that talks about all sexual immorality. It's a word that just encompasses everything we've mentioned here. Uh, So it's it's a Greek word. It means forbidden, illicit sex. Pornea, it is, uh, in fact, here's the uh, pornea, okay, Greek word. Deals with Latin fornicare. You ever see that? Or to fornicate in the English. And it deals with all of these things as being fornication. And the Bible addresses these things. So let's take a look. And a couple of things. Uh, Christians still reject unfaithfulness, various forms of sexual perversion, but are more accepting of heterosexual uh, sexual relationships before marriage. Would you agree with that? It has now become acceptable to live together and not be married. I mean we can see that all in our families can't we? I mean I think we all somewhere in our families have that going on and they feel it is acceptable. In the scriptures it is not. It is not acceptable. And uh, I remember talking to a young person and they came to get married. And they said, Well, we've lived together, so we know it works. And I wanted to say, What? Well, let me tell you something. I didn't live with my wife before I got married, and it's worked for 46 years now. Come on. I mean, I knew her. And somehow we feel that the sex has to work. Really? Well, they haven't gotten it yet, Mark. That that you have relationships because you love a person. And you get to know that person, you get married, and you express that love. So let's let's take a look. Chapter 6. there's there's a beginning part on lawsuits. Man, this, they were legalists, and they would do lawsuits against one another, and it was left and right, and that beginning part is all about the lawsuits. Uh, But I I want us to to read some things here. Verse 9, let's take a look at verse 9 in chapter 6 of 1 Corinthians. Do you not know the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Whether fornicators, remember that is the broad term, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor homosexuals, nor thieves, nor the covetous, Nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor nor swindlers shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. But you've been washed. You've been sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and in the Spirit of our God. I remember talking to, uh, working with music, you run across a lot of different people and many of them may be homosexuals. And I remember talking to a friend of mine who was a homosexual, and and I read that verse of scripture to them. And what do you think their response was to that? Probably
1: that back in those days it wasn't accepted, but now that it is, it's okay.
0: Yeah, that was one. Because I had a bombardment of excuses. That was one. God made me this way. That was the other one. I can't change. Can't change. Everybody else is doing it. Everybody (laughs) else is doing it. Yeah. How about this one? Well, I've accepted Jesus. I'm sanctified, I'm justified. I'm washed, even though I do it. (laughs) That would kind of be the same as um, once I'm saved, I'm always saved, I can do what I want. But that's not really the way the Bible says it. Right. When, When you look at this, and that's, the one that shocked me was that well, I'm sanctified, I'm justified, I've accepted Jesus. And I said, you still live that way? Yes. I can't help it. And I said to them, I said, well, let me ask you this. If I were an alcoholic and I said, God made me this way, I can't help it. Would you encourage me to go out and drink? No. no. Alright, let's say God's made you that way. Let's, I don't believe that, but let's say it. Are you to carry on your homosexual relationships? No. Shall we continue to sin that grace may increase, Paul said. And he said, no. So, there's there's a twisting of scriptures. And these people belong to a homosexual church that I was talking to. And they're teaching that. Paul is dealing with the very same things, people. This is not outdated. Paul's dealing with things that we deal with because satan's schemes never change do they no so when we deal with these things we've got to deal on a biblical a biblical foundation of this sin will be sin in the bible it doesn't change does it yes no? No. Okay. They couldn't hear your heads going like that. <laughs> so so let's let's take a look at, at some things here. Fornication is sinful. It says For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witnesses, slanders these are all things which defile the man. Now, would you say those are serious things like murder, okay, thefts, false witness, murders, slanders? But there's some of those that we'd say those are not so serious. But did you notice that Paul lumps them all together? He calls them all sins. By the way, I, I didn't get a chance to, to mention on our previous scripture that I read... Uh, that those who will not inherit the kingdom of God. Paul actually made up a Greek word for homosexual to make it sure that that's what he was talking about. The Greek word (coughs) is actually man who likes man. So when we did a study, I did a study of this uh, a number of years ago, I was shocked that that was how clear he was on this subject. Uh, When you look at this, don't we in our minds say some things are more serious than others? Do do we categorize things? Yeah. Uh, But he lumps it all together. Evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts false witness, slanders. These are the things which defile the man. So fornication is all of those sexual things lumped together. Okay? All fornication is sinful. But we say, oh, here's some good things, here's some not so bad things, and here's some really bad things. And it changes with our culture, doesn't it? As our culture accepts more and more, then that value system begins to change. That's what we call a worldview. What we want is a Bible, that's a secular worldview, what we want is a Bible Christian world view. So that we can look at our society and say the Bible says this is wrong. So I'm going to believe that. Uh, Some of us would really get upset at molesting a child. Right? I would. Boy, if somebody come after my granddaughters I think I'd be Using my carry. <laughs> and. But Paul says. All sin is bad. Defiles a man. Or we would think. Bestiality is wrong. Really wrong. And I can hear now. The excuses for that. Well it's just between me and the animal. <coughs> really? Really? Or we'll say it's all right to have casual sex between friends. Or I won't, remember when there was a trial of a certain president and he kept saying, I did not have sex with that woman. Well, and then what is sex? Remember that? In essence, what was being said is even though I am not having intercourse, everything else is okay. And and Paul says it's not. We have to preach this. I hate preaching (laughs) this because I get really embarrassed people, but I don't. (laughs) I've only preached Song of Solomon one time, (laughs) and that was to a very small class. (laughs) But we have to talk about this. Uh, You know, we've got to be careful. Fornication is a word that we need to revive in our vocabulary. Uh, We can't pick and choose. Uh, the only sexual union that God has ordained is between a man and a woman in marriage. All others are fornication. Uh, all fornication is sinful. Don't pick, don't choose away forbidden sexual practices. Say, well, this one's not as bad as this. Well, at least. I don't know how many times I've heard that. Well, at least, well, what's the Bible saying? Let's get our biblical world view on, not our secular world view. I was talking to a person who says, "I don't follow Jesus anymore. I'm done." And I began. I said, well, "Okay." I said, uh, I talked about something. I can't remember what it was. He said, well, that's wrong. I said, "Where'd where'd you get that? How did you determine that that is wrong? And he says, well, it is wrong. I said, who told you that is wrong? Well, it just, we know it's wrong. I said, no, we don't. If you don't have, a foundation to pick on what is right and wrong, you're making, you're choosing. It's it's the buffet line. And you're going through and you're choosing what you feel is right, what you feel is wrong. And that's going to change in a month or two. I said, the word of God remains constant. Wrong is wrong, right is right. So, uh, be careful of that. Uh, Let me ask you a question. It says all other fornication, whether it be two lovers on a beach or the seller of pornography, is. Why did God ordain sex only in marriage? I mean, what was he thinking? Jesus. What's that? Reproduction. Reproduction? Is that the only reason?
1: Sa- safe. Safer, certainly when it comes
0: to my health standpoint. Safe. Safe. To bond as a family. The family unit. So many kids don't know who their father is. The family unit is disintegrating. And it's partially due to this idea, I can live with anyone I want and have sex. Now,
1: and you have a, kind of a rule model that should show what, what morality is, too. Yeah.
0: The family unit is to teach that. You see, people have said, I'm, I'm going to hit teachers for a second, that the teachers are to teach the kids at school. I don't agree with that. Parents need to be as involved as teachers are. And when we get the attitude that it's up to the teachers to teach and let them do it, then we are just shirking off our responsibilities. And then we wonder, what happened? What happened? We have a responsibility. Okay, how many grandparents do we have here? Do you have a responsibility to your grandkids? Limited. Limited, you're right.
1: (laughs) Very limited. And every
0: once in a while I think, am I gonna cross that line? (laughs) Because my hand's getting ready. (laughs) Yep. right. So, the problem with a lot of things, you know, TV and movies—they're make believe. Think about that. When they're talking about this stuff, it's all make believe. Oh, they're having a wonderful time together, you know. And she just walks out the door, no, th- no problem, no problem. No, with with sexual activity, there is a deep emotional bond. We don't think about that because movies don't portray it that way. Uh, Well, we also have to deal with unplanned, unwanted pregnancies. When I was in Topeka, Kansas, I was teaching at a... uh, music store and I had a federal judge who was taking organ lessons from me. I don't know what brought this subject up, but we talked about abortion. And he says, I just got tired of young women being butchered up. We had to make it a law. I said, well I just get tired of them getting in that position in the first place. And he said to me, well, let me tell you, if there's a woman and they're married and and she becomes pregnant by another guy, doesn't she have the right to keep that from her husband? And I said, that's good marriage practice. He and I didn't agree on certain moral issues. But once again, that is a worldview secular worldview versus a biblical worldview. And we have to remind ourselves every once in a while, where am I getting this from on my value system? Uh, I mean, you're gonna deal with diseases as Tom had mentioned and guilt and shame and anger and resentment I mean, all those things that you have to deal, even feelings of loss. Did you know that uh, couples who have sex before marriage, that go on into marriage, are more likely to get a divorce? Why do you think that is? Maybe because, yes. Old after all? What's that? Gets old after a while, honey. It's not. Yeah? They've been disappointed. Probably, I don't know. Well, how about this, thought? He had sex before we were married. What's going to keep him or her from having sex while we're married? With someone else. There's a lack of trust and it's not based on the proper foundations. So, well, God created sex. He placed boundaries on sex, didn't he? And whenever a man violates the boundaries, God has placed around sexual activities that he will suffer no matter what he thinks or says or does, the wages of sin is what? Death. Fornication is destructive, don't believe the television, believe the Bible. The Bible says, flee immorality. What's that mean? Run away from it. Yes. What's that movie? Run. Run away from it. Every other sin that a man commits is outside the body. But the immoral man sins against his own body. And we we need to look at that. That's a sin against the temple of God. This, This is where God's Holy Spirit lives. Right here. In verses 9 and 10 of verse, chapter 6, do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? We've read that. Mm-hmm. Do not be deceived, neither fornicators, nor adulterers, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor homosexuals, nor thieves, nor the covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. I'm going to read you a book about Rome. And Rome had become so immoral that the season, many times, would have young boys brought in. And he would have a party. And, and they would use these young boys. And then when they were finished with their party, they would kill the children so that they wouldn't tell. And you may say, we'll never slide to that. Be careful. Sin is a slippery slope. Bible teaching, don't be deceived. Fornication, it offends God. It destroys life. It endangers the soul. When when you say will not inherit the kingdom of God, so flee flee fornication. Now dealing with sexual sin requires that we remember who we are. We're a child of God. It's easy to get hung up in the world view of right and wrong. It really is. And that's why we need, we truly need Sunday school, Bible studies, church, one another, the fellowship, you know, one of the greatest concerns we had while this COVID's going on was the lack of fellowship and encouragement that we can bring to each other. That was a deep concern. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 9 and 10, it says, Therefore, we also have as our ambition, whether at home or absent, to be pleasing to Him, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each one may be recompensed for his deeds in the body, whether to what he has done, whether good or bad. It's an interesting verse. Our our deeds. You know, do we get to heaven by being good? Not in and of itself. But our deeds is the thermometer that tells where our faith is. Whether we really believe in Jesus. It's, you know, now, I came back from Pennsylvania and I've been telling the the people, check my temperature, please. (laughs) Because I come in here and they check my temperature. I said, I don't want to be carrying anything and not know it, okay? My temperature is a reflection that my body is okay. Our good deeds is a reflection of how strongly we believe in Jesus. Now, it's not going to save us because faith in Christ is what saves us, but do we truly believe in Uh, Dealing with sexual sin requires that we remember who we are and we remember who we belong to. Preposition, but it's there. I didn't make up the slide, okay? But remember to flee. Run. Run. How about remembering heaven? Look what God has in store for us. Boy, that inspires me. You know, it inspires me. And I love at the grace of God. He took Mark Black with all my mistakes in life.
1: And everything that I've
0: done wrong in life. And he said, son, go clean me up. It didn't happen overnight, did it? But he started. And my life should be a life lived in gratefulness for what he has done. That's where the good deeds come from. Not on my own, but a life of gratefulness. I remember heaven. So when the Spirit, what the Spirit says about fornication, all fornication is sin. Fornication is always destructive and better flee than, than fall. Here's something. In our past, we've all made mistakes. Realize that can be forgiven. The blood of Jesus Christ forgives us, (coughs) it can be forgiven. So, such were some of you. You Notice how it says that in Corinthians? Such were some of you. Now the change. He says, but you were washed. You were sanctified, set apart. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and the Spirit of our God. You no longer The creature that you once were. Isn't that great? God's so good. So wonderful.